When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Forever. Dog. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. What makes you sing? What makes you sing? What makes you sing? What makes you sing? With Larry Owens. Hi, welcome back to What Makes You Sing with Larry Owens. I'm Larry Owens. We're here at the Forever Dog Studios on the historic Lower East Side of Park Slope, Brooklyn. That's not real. And I think that's one day someone's going to come to New York, you know, one of our international listeners and be like, I want to go to Park Slope on the Lower East Side. But um, that's for the New York fans. Anyway, uh, this is What Makes You Sing. It's a comedy podcast about music. We are... You know, if you're joining in for the first time, I should tell you that none of this has been rehearsed. None of this music has been seen. It's all just happening organically, Whole Foods in the studio, and making all the music come to life. It's James Harvey behind Hello, the keys. Mr. Owens. Oh, and at, oh, in the studio. Wait. <laughs> so this is such a, it's such a treat. It's um, one of the founders of the Forever Dog Network, Alex Ramsey, HPA. Uh, Hot producer Alex is here, not mic'd up, which HPA, you know, loves his mic. HPA, uh, Hot producer Andrew, sorry, disambiguation, there are two HPAs. Hot producer Andrew, who's not with us today. Where is he? Do we know? Trivia. I think he has a trivia night. We know that he is a host in his own right, and you should follow his account at McGuire Guy and go and check out his trivia shows, his live shows. But, you know, we love having Alex in the studio. Thanks for giving us a podcast and letting us uh, uh, be in everyone's ears every Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know how we start the show. It's with a request. And this request comes from... Baby girl. Strange dear, but true dear. When I'm close to you, dear, the stars fill the sky. So in love with you. Without you, 
arms fold about you. You know, darling, why so in love with you am I? In love with the night mysterious, the night when you first were there. In love with my joy delirious, then I knew that you could care. So taught me and hurt me, deceive me, desert me. I'm yours till I die. So in love, so in love, so in love with you, my love. Am I? Okay, what's that? Read from is it some sheet music? Is yeah, it from the is, show? Uh, this is some sheet music. Yeah, that was like it was like what those last chords. I don't know something well, about it were, was those, like a little honky tonk. Like it was the very like, last chords. Yeah, it was just like it'd be those, like ding da da ding. Those were no, James' original. No, chords. we're oh. we're digressing. We're digressing. We need to move forward because we have a legend in the studio. This is a premium episode of What Makes You Sing. A premium episode means you should be paying for this shit because in the studio we have someone. She invented the word multi hyphen. A singer, a writer, an actress, a storyteller, an activist. You've seen her on Difficult People. You've seen her as part of the Marvel Universe on Netflix. You've seen her in the finale of Transparent on Amazon. You've seen her across the country in her own show, Manifest Pussy. She is my mother. She gave me the art to make. The founding assistant director of the Musical Theater Factory. It is the one, the only, Shakina Nathan! <laughs> Thanks for having me, Larry. Oh my gosh. It's so, I've been really jealous to like have waited this long to get on your show. Uh, we had to work out the kinks. <laughs> I get it. Listen, I know about kinks. Yeah. There's the preview process. <laughs> then you have open. Like it's 2020. The podcast is now open. We're here. Yeah, and we're ready for I'm happy to be the first Broadway replacement. You are no, you are. You're like honestly like the stunt cast. Like you're like you're re- we're like, bring someone in <laughs> who's gonna give us like numbers. Yeah, just holiday like, slump ticket sales. <laughs> slump. Oh my gosh. No, we're obsessed and we love you. We love you. I mean, we being me. I love you. I love you. Thank you for being yeah. here. You're the busiest person of all time. A little bit. You like have like, you know, like so many hands and so many uh, pies. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the phrase. <laughs> so yeah, it's a real treat to have you here. I mean, I like just personally my personal connection like tell the world Shakina Nafag <laughs> is the reason why I 
was a part of a strange loop. This is the person who said, Michael R. Jackson, you should meet this person. And Larry Owens, you should meet this person. And I, I, I remember uh, climbing up those stairs above the drama bookshop uh, uh, four years ago and like, and having my little like one inch binder of sheet music. And I sang, I sang from, from fat camp. And then I sang Bill Finn, love me for what I am. And then you were just like, here. I, I just died. My <laughs> jaw dropped to the floor. I said, who is this man? I made you wait to, so, so I could record you singing and send it directly to Bill Finn. Oh, you remember that? Yes, it, like, it's still on YouTube. It's like, that's like, that was one of those like special kind of like, like when like the forever dog, like, you know, podcasters like were like here. Oh my God, this person. Like it was one of those moments where it's like, wait this person thinks that this is worth something that it's worthwhile like to like you like put worth on what I intrinsically did and then you gave uh, like not just myself but a whole community of people the 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 way the way to get the work seen without all of the barriers in between between the the public and the and the and the, the artist thank you that was you know the dream that's, I think, like what we all want to be able to do for each other. I mean, at least the ones who lead with love is to open a door and allow people to be seen for who they really are and what they really can bring if given the opportunity. And we had such a blessing those 18 months that we were in that porn studio. We really, we really just uh, took full advantage you know, uh, for context, for context, the, right. uh, it was uh, the musical theater factory. Its original offices were like a converted porn studio. Converted. It was in the yeah. We were in the back room of Dark Alley Media, Dark which was Alley, a gay bareback porn studio that yes. was like still in operation while we were creating Music Theater Factory. <laughs> and, and how did you get connected with the space? I I went to college with the founder of Dark Alley. See, yeah, we Community. were like playwrights together. Oh, okay. And then and then all those you said you're like, hey, I I have this really a radical idea for musical theater specifically. Yeah, and then that became the. I just the used home to base. go. I used to go visit him when I would be in the city, even before I moved there. And he had this like prime real estate, as you know. And I was like, there's really, there's a lot more you could do here besides make porn. Yeah. And so when they only had 18 months left on the lease and, you know, DVDs were not the market they they once were. Oh, digital. Yeah. Yeah. But do you remember all those like stacks and stacks <laughs> the and stacks, stacks of yes. the most aggressively gay, <laughs> hardcore porn oh you could ever imagine? That like everyone could like leave with a few DVDs yeah, as like, like a yeah. parting. Uh, right. Like- <laughs> With yeah. the playbill, like with the show program. Come with 18 bars, leave with 18 inches. Oh know, my like gosh. That. Okay, t-shirts, <laughs> merch, merch. Yeah. And it was, uh, and then, yeah. So but it was successful. Like it, it was, was like, I mean, a lot of people have these like grandiose like ideas, like everyone has a mission statement, but it like, it's like literally from, from the, from the writer's group and from the sing your face off, which is what that audition was where I met you, like from those little programs, from that programming inside of that institution, there literally was like a, a hit show that was called the number one show. Like that yeah, is like, like from, from your mothering, like that is from your, and so. So it, the Musical Theater Factory, where we met, what you are the artistic founding director of, the uh-huh. mission was for the artist to create without the, free from the pressures of critical and commercial success. Right. And literally today, there was this huge, like, grant, like, um, um, released at, at a, at a, at a theater. And so, like, they're, like, they have a mission statement that sounds a little bit derivative of that. Mm. Uh, like, yeah, no, I, I think that you've, you've started a trend 
about people, hey, maybe the artist shouldn't feel gridlocked into a commercial system. Yeah, I think we (laughs) tapped into something that had been there the whole time that people didn't have the words for, which was that our art was not being recognized as labor. And that was what what the, the, the first organizing principle of the factory was really about the economic justice of creating musical theater in New York City, like how to do it in a, in a fair and sustainable way. And then as the organization grew and we got a bigger platform and had more resources and knew that we then had a responsibility to allocate those resources fairly, then we began organizing around racial justice as well and gender justice. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, and so now the musical theater factory is the leader on all of those fronts. Like not just like the actual art form, not just like what's happening inside of the content, but also in who is making it. And like literally the trans artists who are creating there right now, like you can go and see a musical theater factory uh, concert, Joe's pub like every month. And like, you can see an artist, an artist of color, like doing musical theater, which is, it's so like the fact that I found you, that God let me find you. And it was specifically music musical theater because theater can get its respect in certain circles but musical theater has this cachet of being like easy kind of or like uh right you know because Which like so the, false. with like the commercial face of it with you know right. these adaptations yeah. and mm-hmm. but like the musical theater that you were bringing in this like amazing american third wave of like is rich it's complex it's hammerstinian it's sanhemian it is all of those principles but the access point is through people we've never seen operated before exactly you're a fucking genius okay okay so that so that was that was four years ago yeah talk about oh my gosh talk about just what was it like to be the savior of a series to uh, to <laughs> like to drop into like your 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 latest like you ended 2019 with a huge bang yeah yeah it was pretty crazy yeah you know when you start on transparent yeah so transparent was one of those shows that as a trans person i always felt was like you know, problematic, but I also loved it because at least it existed. And so I would, I would binge watch it every season it came out, but it'd also be like, Oh my God, again, you know, but I would still watch it, but I would be so frustrated that there was this like cis man playing this trans role and winning all these awards and saying that, you know, he should be the last cis man to win an award for playing a trans person, but then still playing the part. And, uh, and so, um, you know, when it ended, I had done a concert, the year before with Faith Soloway, uh, Jill Soloway's sibling, who's a composer who wrote the majority of the music or all the music for the uh, movie. Uh, and I co-wrote some lyrics with her. Okay, um, credits. Yeah, credits. All over it. Writer, producer, lyricist. On Transparent? Star. Yeah. Because all of your expertise, I like, just they just come because you are the total package. So <laughs> Exactly. And I was a, like, you need me in every one of these categories. A one-woman production company. Yeah. And also, like, like the, the, when you're talking about, like, the voice of the people, you know what I mean? Inside of like creating it. I think that, you know, yeah, well, your the, presence there on that team is, is, you know, that's what I kept telling them was like, they brought me in first as an actor. And then we actually did a really secret workshop at musical theater factory. Oh. So I know no one really knew about this, but like Jill Soloway, Faith Soloway, Judith Light, Amy Landecker, Jada Plus, Gabby Hoffman all came out. Uh, Alexander Billings to MTF and we had this like secret week-long workshop where we like took these songs and we were like what would this musical be uh there were also uh uh let's see Leslie Margarita and Joe Lampert and Eric Lieberman were also there playing yeah. the roles that they played in the film eventually the doppel the doppel bangers doppel bangers yeah <laughs> and uh and 
So afterwards, I was like, well, now you've been in my creative home. You've seen what I'm capable of doing as a producer to assist in your process. So if you need any support in the writing or producing of this movie musical, you just let me know. You know where to Look find me. Look at my kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> Stay for a while. <laughs> it's very nice over here. Yeah. We have surplus. <laughs> yeah. So then they brought me on. And then, it, and then when I went out to L.A., it was like, wow, we were really starting from square one. And and most of the people had no idea how to make a musical. So it was a lot of like, all right, crash course 101. What does what makes a musical? What makes a dramatic moment? Like how do you have to get from A to B and tell story through <laughs> that song? That is so hilarious that you have like the inverse experiences where at the factory it were no like you were building the resources, but there was so much expertise in so like much expertise. IP. There's like intellectual property, a go go. And then here it's like, how do we what's an I want song? But there's like so many resources yeah. to like <laughs> my put favorite, the words aside. My favorite part was when we were having the budget conversations with Amazon and they were kind of giving us the short end of the stick. So Jill gave me this assignment and she was like, um, I want y'all to create the most expensive version of this movie ever on paper. So we just had the task for a week of like imagining the most overproduced movie musical. We yeah. There was like flying cars and fun. <laughs> it was just it was so epic. Practical. Practical. Yes. But then it did get us like, you know, an extra million or something. Hey, there you, you know? go. So, yeah. And it looked so beautiful. You were so beautiful. Thank when you, you when you walk into the audition sequence, like it is. I was watching it and I guess it's like a Millie Domount, like stars born. And like moment they give you the hero shot the camera pans if you haven't seen it you need to see it you'll cry and just to like you uh, you duetting with Judith Light and like like no how much like Judith Light means to Michael R. Jackson that and was then, really like that and harmony, it, yeah. that's such a it's what a what a what a wonderful world and that is a song and this is a podcast about music so let me ask you the question <laughs> let me ask you the question i ask all of my guests shakita nathak and that is what is the music that made you well i think the music that made me is uh the Queer musical theater of the 90s. Okay, okay, wait, that's a sentence. <laughs> Go on. So, like, uh, you know, I, I found myself and people like me through uh, Rent and Hedwig. Really? Okay. Okay. So, so I guess Hedwig might have been the early two. No, it was definitely the late nineties when it definitely when it first, like, definitely 90s. late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. So, so paint. So paint the picture. Tell us. Tell us where you are. Who you are. Nineties. Yeah. I feel like you were. I feel like you were in college. No, I was high school. Okay. Uh, I was actually high school, college. Sorry. College for Hedwig. Um. So, but high school, I was like a rent head in high school, and you know, Angel was like the first figure like myself. I mean, I, I, aside from Rocky Horror, which is like, when you look at it, it's really like a sexual predator. It was not a great role model, <laughs> Frankenfurter. Um, but Angel Dumont Chouinard is a fucking legend, legend. and a dream. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, and then of course I was like, oh, I'm never going to be that smaller Puerto Rican, so I'll never play that part. But, <laughs> but at least knowing that like a character on stage could exist. Yeah. Who, who I identified at with. At that point, at that yeah. point, like it's like in your favorite art form. Would you say the musical theater is your favorite art form? 
yeah, medium. I think so. I it think, combines so much. Yeah, I think that's why I like it because it's all the languages at once. Yeah, and then so to have that like you know that like very you know early like beacon of like some sort of representation. Yeah, I think I mean in terms of is musical theater my favorite art form? The thing they like to say is is that musicals aren't necessarily a thing I care about, but they're the way that I care about the things that I care about. Oh, because you can really put a lot of care and passion and and, and intention into. Okay. Know, a story with song. <laughs> so, so you're in high school, and there's the rent double disc. Uh, the rent double disc. I wore it out. I had rent parties at my house where we would just like put on the whole thing. Who's coming over to the rent? Just like drama kids. Uh, drama kids from all the different high schools that I dropped out of. So I would have, it, they'd be like these epicenter parties where they would be like mixers, you know, for like thespian society, except we didn't have thespian society. We just had Shakina's house. Why were you dropping out of school? Oh, because I was gay in the 90s. And that just like wasn't cool in Orange County, California. So I tried to like start riots and rallies and clubs and stuff. And yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty aggro. Yeah, so so you responded to so there was like negativity and you responded to that with like I'm not going to be put down. I'm actually going to rise up. Yeah, act up fight AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> so where does this revolutionary streak come from? Like this like yeah, what is, I mean, is I've always of- just had it. You know, it's kind of inherited. My great great grandmother killed a Russian soldier with an axe when he tried to rape her daughter and buried her buried his body in the backyard. Badass. Badass. And then my great grandmother was a union organizer in Chicago who used to wear this like extra strength hat pin so she could pop the tires of the factory owners. Pinning. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And then my grandfather was, um, you know, grew up in an orphanage in East L.A. and ended up becoming a lawyer who wrote laws to protect the working people, especially the Latinx community in L.A. And then my mom has been an activist and an advocate for uh, youth that have come through the criminal justice system. Uh, And so I just... Yeah, I just kind of came into a a really uh, social justice minded family. So I always had that streak of, you know, resistance. And then here's rent. And then here's rent, like it's blowing your it up. It's yeah, your balm. It, it, it's resistance, but it's like also like love. It's like it's yeah, all love these, Yeah, all these things. It's it's so much in one thing. Exactly. And and it was also like a way that my generation could start to understand how AIDS was affecting us. Yeah. Because in when I was in high school, it's like they were not kids in my high school getting HIV. But because that's all anyone was ever talking about, we were all, especially queer kids or closeted queer kids, like living under the shadow of this thing that made our sexuality deadly. Mm. And we were just coming to understand what our sexuality was. So it was a really sort of like terrifying moral shackling. Exactly. At a time where yeah. you're like supposed to be like sexually explorative. Like, yeah. And yeah. So right. What a, yeah. That's, that's a lot of tension there. Yeah. What song from Rent were you slapping? Oh, I mean, the, the album cover to cover, but probably, uh, I mean, without you, it's not really a song Aww. that slaps, but it's such a deep and beautiful song. Yes, we love a deep and beautiful song. <laughs> so this is- and, the, and then, um, and then when Hedwig came out, that's when I like really blew up. Okay, my my dorm room. Okay, would you? Do you feel like you, you could give us a, some um, without you? Is yeah. that what you want to do? And you were getting into it, and I was like, no, I shouldn't have said <laughs> we're that. We're getting one. into it. Wait, hold on. Let you me. are. You. you we could do it all. We could do it all. Deus ex uh, musical theater. Yeah, like, let's why? get my dad and Ruben Vega voice together. <laughs> yeah, that's like an unwarming up. Is, like, is no, without you? Does it have a different title in the score? Like, it's part of a. 
I think it's definitely without you. You know what? No, do what my favorite song is. My favorite song is definitely. I'm gonna change my mind. Halloween. Oh, okay. Halloween. This All is right, ready. what act is? This is act two, right okay. before I'll cover your reprise. Yeah, like, I mean, I'll... obviously I'll cover your reprise too. We could do oh, right one into the other. Okay, wait. Oh, no, it's I'll cover your reprise into, into Halloween? That's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't okay. know. Okay, okay. Um, I literally... Great. James is James uh, is combing through okay, the handwritten okay. score of Rent yes. right now. It's just because it's such an obscure little ditty in the middle of the show. It's okay, but yeah. it's really the introspective, like the, the Jonathan Larson moment where he's asking himself. Oh, oh, Halloween is haunting. Yeah. yeah that's what I would read. Oh, yeah, a yeah, little I'll cover you reprise. <laughs> yeah, fine. It's okay. Yeah, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll be your shelter. Just pay me back with one thousand kisses. Be my lover, and I'll cover you. Don't got much baggage to lay at your feet But sweet kisses I've got to spare I'll be there and I'll cover you I think they meant it when they said you can't buy love Now I know you can rent it a new lease, you are my love On life Oh my life I don't remember how this part goes Life yeah. Yeah. I've longed to discover some, No, that's wrong As true as this is That's right, that's right. You got it oh, yeah. So I think it's so not super, even super fast. That's it. 
How did we get here? How the hell panlocked close on the steeple of the church? How did I get here? How the hell? Christmas, Christmas Eve last year. How could a night so frozen be so scalding hot? How can a morning this mild be so wrong? Why are entire years strewn on the cutting room floor of memory? When single frames of one magic night forever flicker in close up on the 3D IMAX of my mind. That's poetic. That's pathetic. Why did Mimi knock on Roger's door and Collins choose that phone booth back where Angel set up her drums? Why did Marine's equipment break down? Why am I the witness? And when I capture it on film, Will it mean that it's the end and I'm alone? Wow, cathartic. Uh, those Marky Mark feelings. Yeah, so special. Those Mark feelings. I So I was in a camp production of Rent and during this number, our Mark like was doing the list. And you know, like when you do a list, you're supposed to like, and you know, as a kid, you're like building it. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're supposed to build. Yep. So it's like, wait, maybe not going to Roger's door, Colin, she's at home, room, and just out of the drop. And then he went, why did Maureen's equipment break down? <laughs> like, <laughs> that, like, that's actually the crux of yeah, Rent. That was the like, worst part. one, two, three. If a Maureen's equipment hadn't broken down the butterfly effect yeah that's yeah. the that's yeah. the butterfly it wouldn't have happened why did Maureen's equipment break down but, uh, I once saw a production of Rent Jr. where Benny was played by a little white girl oh wait it was amazing because it oh. added this whole other like lesbian storyline <laughs> that wasn't even in the original it was amazing oh my gosh uh, yeah, yeah I think that I think that marks by but yeah um, I just feel like I have to share something with you because we're doing this and it's like really causing me so much anxiety. Oh, yeah. yeah um, because I, I doubtful that your listeners would know this, but like, so I, even though I have like a professional career that involves singing, I am tone deaf. And I like, so I have a really challenging time hearing pitch. I actually know how to sing by paying attention to where I feel vibrations like in my bones. Oh. Yeah. So it's this is like the most that's why I have my headphones like halfway off. It's that's, so no wait, terrifying. this is news to me. Yeah, no, no, I haven't told, told, I'm like amazing. literally coming out oh on your gosh. show. Well, thank you. Yeah. Okay, I appreciate this. No, I'm so sorry. Like, no, 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 no. This is for, like, one, one should challenge oneself to step into positions where one feels uncomfortable. I appreciate so you're, not, it. you're not tone deaf. You just have a different way of right, but processing like, pitch. Yeah, like but not through my ears. So right. technically oh. it is kind of a deafness. Hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I worked with one music director years and years and years ago who helped me understand like how to find a bell tone. Amazing. Yeah. So that I can like, actually I have to like, when I hear it, I have to feel where it vibrates in my body, like from my like crown chakra to my. Orient like, in yourself. Yeah. yeah where, where that home pitch is. And right. then you can base the and other notes around that. Exactly. It's crazy. Well, you're doing amazing. Oh, Bravery is like what work. this is about. Like this sure. is all like, we want to like, so when I became a comedian after being an actor, like acting is about like the formalities about presenting like rehearsed work. And then comedy right. is about like the off the cuff, like, you know, I, I find it, I will even say it here, chaotic nature uh-huh. of life. <laughs> and, you know, what is say, what is comedy tragedy over time? So right. it's like, it, it really is I, the listeners 
a lot of them like they love the moments of us figuring it out and like Great. the language that we have to like figure it out yeah, like, and to speak to, to speak about it so yeah. i i appreciate it you being here and yeah. please let us know what you need as we go along oh no just patience because i'll find it eventually oh well you're nailing it yeah thank you man you're, time you're nailing it again this is a premium this is a premium episode <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about let's talk Hedgewig. Hedgewig. Hedwig. Hedwig. <laughs> so when I when that so I remember I remember there was like a tiny little article at Entertainment Weekly, like mm, a sixteenth of a page, yeah. like literally two square inches about <laughs> it in like nineteen ninety six. And I remember seeing that and being like, what is this magic? I must know. I have to find out. And so when I came to New York for the first time by myself when I was eighteen. On spring break from my first year of college, and I went down to the Jane Street Theater and I saw Hedwig thrice, and I brought a mini disc recorder. Do you know what a mini disc recorder is? Sure. So it kind of came. It was like this short-lived uh, technological phenomenon that occurred somewhere after CD and before MP3, and it looked like a little hard drive that had a tiny little CD inside of it, and for and they said it had like really great. Uh, uh, whatever sound and so i um i took one from a friend at college um who was like a sound geek and i bootlegged hedwig uh so that i could just transcribe the script myself oh oh yeah i didn't like do it to share it yeah so i wanted to know the whole story story, and like write it down the structure of it and like what was happening on the page and like how it like looks to approach it from like not just watching it as an item but from like creating it yeah and so then in my dorm room i had those um i had that piece of furniture that some people lovingly call the brady it's like a mirror with like four drawers um (laughs) and uh, and I had that emergency flashlight that my parents like sent me to college with, and I would duct tape the flashlight to the top of the mirror and turn off all the lights, <laughs> and I would perform the entirety of Hedwig in spotlight. the mirror. Spotlight, wig on, wig off, makeup running, oh no squishing my- tomatoes, but like basically everything else. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I was like so, um, so obsessed with. With For the listeners, show. this is John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask, mm-hmm. Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Yes, and and what what was like the what's the what's your Hedvig anthem? Uh, um, I mean, you know, obviously the origin of love, but I don't want you to make me sing that one because it's like seven and a half minutes long. I but, like but it's it, the it origin li- of love. I it mean, literally it's like- is our pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. I think when when the earth was still flat. Yeah. <laughs> but this song is this is I mean the the writing like the songwriting here is so glam rock and so heartfelt. <laughs> when the earth was still flat and the clouds made a fire and the mountains stretched up to the sky Sometimes higher Folks roamed the earth Like big rolling kegs They had two sets of arms They had two sets of legs They had two faces peering Out of one giant head So they could watch all around them As they talked while they read And they never knew nothing of love It was before Origin of love, the 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 orig
Well, there were three sexes, then one that looked like two men glued up back to back, called the children of the sun. And similar in shape and girth were the children of the earth. They looked like two girls rolled up in one. And the children of the moon was like a fork shoved on a spoon. They were part sun, part earth, part daughter, part son. Gods grew quite scared of our strength and defiance And Thor said, I'm gonna kill them all with my hammer Like I killed the giants But Zeus said, no, you better let me Use my lightning like scissors Like I've got the legs off the waves Dinosaurs into lizards And then he grabbed up some bolts He let out a laugh Said I'll split them right down the middle Gonna cut them right up in half And the storm clouds gathered above Into great balls of fire Of the children of the sun and the moon and the earth And summoning God, God Offensive through the soul with the souls From around to our belly to remind us The price we paid And Osiris and gods of the Nile Gathered up a big storm To blow a hurricane To scatter us away A flood of wind and rain A sea of tidal waves To wash us all away And if we down again we'll be hopping around on one foot and looking through one eye last time i saw you we had just split in two you were looking at me and i was looking at you you had a way so familiar I could not recognize Cause you had blood on your face I had blood in my eyes But I could swear by your expression That the pain down in your soul Was the same As the one down in mine Oh, that's the pain That cuts a straight line Down through the heart We call it love We wrapped our arms around each other Tried to shove ourselves back together We were making love Making love It was a cold dark evening Such a long time ago When by the mighty hand of Joe It was a sad story How we became lonely two-legged creatures The story of the origin of love That's the origin of love Oh yeah The origin of love The origin of love I would love to just do the full score of Hedvig. Wow. Honestly. Yeah, dream roll. Let's keep going. Wow. Obviously. I'm uh, sweating. I have so much boob sweat. You just told a story. You just told the story of the creation of the world. I also haven't sang that song since I was like 19. I mean. I mean, it's been a long time. It, I, I like, 
I um I came I came into it last slap Broadway revival and like the way that they did that I saw John Cameron Mitchell's first Broadway performance of it. It was so You wanna know something cute? I saw John Cameron Mitchell do that on Broadway right after getting a vagina. And my mom was coming to visit me like post-op and I took her to the show and then we went to use the ladies' room together and we were sitting stall by stall and from the stall next door my mom goes I think it's very fitting that the first time we go to the ladies' room together is at Hedwig. Oh, <laughs> my God, Mom! That's yeah. a Broadway dream! New Broadway dreams, oh they do come true. Gosh. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, let's just do our Hedwig. You want to do Midnight Radio? Uh, yeah, do you want to know the last time I sang that song? Tell us. The last time I sang Midnight Radio was on stage at Musical Theater Factory the night before I left for Thailand when I did the final performance of One Woman Show. Oh my gosh, this is as special as I hoped it would be. Uh, Wow, you are not holding back. We're so, uh, this is an honor, truly. you so hard filling you up and suddenly gone feel love give free Your blood knows the way From your heart to your brain Know that you're whole And you're shining Like the brightest star A transmission On the midnight radio And you're spinning Like a 45 Dancing to your rock and roll And here's to Patty And Tina Yoko Aretha
Shakina coming through with the premium episode. Tell everyone out there where they can love you, where they can see you, where they can follow you, and they can hear you. You can find me everywhere on uh, Shakines. I'm S H A K E E N Z on every social, and my website is shakina.nyc. Oh my gosh, it has been. Thank you for having me. This is going to inspire so many people. This is going to inspire a lot of people. Maybe someone will finally offer me that role. I think that that's all right here. (laughs) Okay, I don't want to let you go. I just want to. I I want to start. Lift up your hands. (laughs) Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.